Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Key Reese, And I'm Laura Brodnick. And it is Friday, so that means it's weekend watch time and we have one spectacular movie and one adorable new TV series that you are not going to want to miss. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gossip? I want more headlines. So Australian actor Hugh Sheridan was set to star in the musical Hedwig and the Angry Itch, but the show has been pulled from the Sydney Festival after concerns were raised by fans that the lead role in the iconic musical should be played by a transgender actor. In an open letter, the Queer Artists Alliance Australia said it was offensive that Hugh Sheridan had been cast in the role, saying, The choice to cast a cisgender male as a transgender character is offensive and damaging to the trans community and continues to cause genuine stress and frustration amongst trans and gender non-conforming performers all across Australia. So on Wednesday, the creators of the show said they did not believe that the title role was a trans character and the role should be open to anyone who can tackle it and, more importantly, anyone who needs it. So Hugh Sheridan is the latest in a long line of cis men to play the title role in the iconic musical, including the show's creator. In October, he said that although he has been with men and women in the past, he doesn't believe in labels when it comes to sexual orientation. And now his close friend Rebel Wilson has also jumped into the conversation, posting a statement on her Instagram story saying, as someone who has met the extraordinary and talented John Cameron Mitchell, see Neil Patrick Harris play the role brilliantly on Broadway and knows how amazing Hugh Sheridan is as a performer, any producers would be crazy not to put on Hedwig in Australia with Hugh in it. He is literally perfect for the role. Yeah, it's an interesting story that's been developing. I think Hugh Sheridan is an amazing actor, of course, but that's not really what the issue is. The issue is that there are so many great roles out there for cisgendered actors and for trans actors. These roles only come around so often. And we actually had a really great comment in our Facebook page, which I think really sums it up from one of our spillers saying, as a cisgender actor taking yet another trans role, particularly in Australia where these roles I'm sure are few and far between, I feel like it is another massive step backwards in entertainment, equality and the arts in Australia. Yeah, I totally agree with that because after reading the open letters that a lot of people from the trans community have written and the petitions and kind of laying out all that background, it does make a lot of sense why this should be reconsidered in Australia. And like I said, it hasn't been completely cancelled. They just put mm-hmm. it on hold. So hopefully if it does come back to playing in Sydney, it'll be with a trans person in the role. <laughs> If you cast your mind all the way back to 2018, all eyes were on Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson and their very public whirlwind relationship. Key, what I a know, time. I know you remember this time, special time in our hearts, a simpler time, I would say, a than what we're living in now. A simpler time. Of, yes, you got it. 
<laughs> Within a six-month span of their relationship, the Saturday Night Live star and the musician began dating, got matching tattoos, talked about their one-of-a-kind relationship incessantly in the press, and then broke up. There was also a bit of a hit song and an album in the mix, an engagement, lots of talk about their sex life. I could go on and on. Mm. So why is their relationship back in the spotlight again? It's because Pete Davidson's pre-Ariana girlfriend, Cassie David, who he was with for two and a half years, has written a book all about their breakup and watching his new relationship unfold in the public. So Cassie is the daughter of Curb Your Enthusiasm star Larry David, and her new book of essays is called, quite aptly I would say, No One Asked for This. So Cassie writes in the book that she discovered Pete had moved on while she was on board an aeroplane with her famous father, saying, I scrolled through Twitter and saw a photo of my ex of one day and that he had a new girlfriend. I think I probably left my human body. My dad held me as I shook uncontrollably in his arms for the entire flight. She then went on to say, the first thing I saw was a picture he'd uploaded of himself with his hand covering his face to show off his new finger tattoos. My name, which had been written in cursive across his ring finger, was now covered in black ink. Oh Oh my God. I think that's the right reaction, but Kate, you'll love this even more. She then went on to say that they are basically the millennial Jennifer, Brad and Angelina. She then said, at least Jennifer Aniston got to be, you know, fucking Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) Which she makes a valid point. Like, if you're going to be the third person in such a public split in relationship like that, you want to be the fame level of Jen Aniston. Wow. I I love that she wrote this book. I think good on her to tell her side of the story. I didn't realize I dated for two years. Yeah, and she did end it because he, like, had a lot of depression and stuff and it was really yeah. having, like, a toll on her. I didn't even know these people existed until now, so this is all news to me. But then she said she tried to, like, after she'd broken up with him, put the relationship back together, but it was too late. Within one day, he was already with Ariana. So a little bit of fun, well, not fun, a little bit of interesting celeb news for this Friday. Mm, very salacious. Well, Dan Levy has had a pretty amazing year winning four Emmys for his hit show Shit's Creek, and he even made the list of people's sexiest man alive. But what you might not know is he actually began his career as a television host on MTV Canada. He later moved to the US where he co-hosted MTV's official after show for a little show called The Hills. But he revealed yesterday on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon that the gig turned him off watching reality shows all together. He said that it took the magic out of watching the genre because you end up knowing too much about how it works. Luckily, and I would say smartly, as a very firm lover of reality television, during lockdown after he ran out of shows to watch, he reignited his love for unscripted television, a passion shared too by Jimmy Fallon, as it turns out. And so I finally just resolved myself to just accepting the fact that I only have reality TV left, not to diminish the genre, but it started and it's and then it became a problem. Because it's the best thing that's ever existed. Well, because I couldn't stop watching it and now I guess it's all I watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. The drama that happens on the last season of Below Deck Mediterranean no. is it's unbelievable. Earth-shattering. The whole drama with Hannah, I was like, yeah. What is going on? I would last 25 seconds on that ship. I found my people. That's it. But what does he mean he ran out of new TV shows to watch? Dan, that is the most upsetting part of all this. Dan Levy, call me and I will give you 20 other good TV shows that I know you haven't watched that are way better than something called Below Deck. <gasps> Hush your mouth. That is a very Don't try and defend show. that garbage key. Don't even try. <gasps> we are going to have to agree to disagree. <laughs> 
Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. I finished my work week on my couch, ordered some food. It's time for week and watch. Our recommendations of what to watch this weekend. Well, I am pretty excited about our weekend watches this week because I've got a spectacular one, if I don't say so myself. And Laura Brodnick, your movie sounds so good. Please take it away. So it's called Palm Springs and it's out on Amazon Prime today. And I went into it like the stakes were very high because there'd been so much hype around this movie from the time that it premiered at the Sundance Film Festival all the way back in January. And there were rave reviews and people were talking about how great it was. And then when it actually premiered on Hulu in the US, which is who bought it after the Sundance Film Festival, they reported that it was the biggest opening weekend that they'd ever had for a movie and that more people watched that movie, Palm Springs, on Hulu on their network over the first three days than any other film in the platform's history. So I went into it thinking like, wow, the stakes are high here. And it kind of does live up to the hype. So it's a rom-com. It's set in Palm Springs, as you would probably guess from the name. And it stars Andy Samberg, who people would know from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and Kristen Melotti, who I loved in Modern Love, but who a lot of people would know as the mother in How I Met Your Mother. And they're both guests at this wedding in Palm Springs and And then they get caught up in this infinite time loop. So Andy Samberg's character, Niles, is already stuck in there. And Christine Milioti's character, Sarah, gets stuck in there with him. So they're reliving the day of her sister's wedding over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) And so at first, there's like a bit of panic on Sarah's part because she's trying to get out of there. And once they go to sleep, the day resets. And once they die, the day resets. They do die in some pretty horrific ways. The second you fall asleep, it all just goes back to the start. I drove all the way back home to Austin, and I still woke up here. One time I smoked a bunch of crystal and made it all the way to Equatorial Guinea. It was a huge waste of time. And at first they kind of enjoying it. You know, they're going crazy and living life and starting to fall in love. And then she decides that she needs to get out of there because it's not one of those movies where, you know, how like those time loop movies or like Groundhog Day or that sort of thing, the way out is to like learn a lesson or become a better person or to make amends. That's not the way out of this. There is no way out. Like no matter how you live the day, it resets again. There's Mm. also another character played by J.K. Simmons, who I love, who has also been stuck in there and who's like, only like kind of quest in life is to continue to kill Niles brutally over and over again for getting her <laughs> stuck in there. So it's really funny. It's like big bawdy humour. Like it's very Andy Samberg humour. Yeah. But the best thing about it is Andy Samberg and Kristen Melotti's chemistry together. Like their on-string chemistry are these two characters who were kind of already going through difficult times in their lives were very much outcasts and who are kind of now stuck in this day together while this kind of wedding of disasters is happening around them over and over again. And watching them kind of go through that together and start to fall in love and then there's a big revelation that kind of breaks them apart and she goes missing and there's like quite a few little revelations about the day that comes out through the movies. I really enjoyed it. I think it's like one of the better rom-coms I've seen this year for sure because it's also like a kind of really sharp comedy and drama like it's not gushy at all but you still get that little bit of romance in there. Oh I'm watching it tonight I cannot wait. Yeah you and Charlie will both really like it. 
Um, okay, I'm up next. I'm so excited about this one. It's called Dash and Lily and it is a new TV series on Netflix. It came out about a week ago. So it's a romantic comedy. But the most exciting thing about this is that it's set at Christmas time. I'm just going to say it. No one does Christmas TV series. It's bloody genius. So it centers around two key characters, Dash and Lily. So Dash is kind of a cynical guy who hates Christmas but loves books and he's nursing a recently broken heart. And then Lily's this eternal optimist and also a lover of books who finds it easy to hang out with adults than kids her own age. So she doesn't really fit in. She's a bit of a misfit. And so this kind of whirlwind romance ensues, but all via a red notebook where they trade dares and dreams and desires. And then they kind of pass the notebook back and forth at locations around New York City all while never meeting. So you're seeing it just unfold in front of you from one character's perspective, but with, you know, the voiceover of another. And it's just so brilliantly done. The other thing I really love about it is that the casting is so diverse. So Lily, who's one of the leads, is half Asian American, half white American. Boomer, Dash's best friend, is black. Lily's brother is gay and dating another gay guy. There are trans actors. And at one point, they're at this Jewcore underground rave where the band is like singing about oppression during Hanukkah. And it's just it's just done so perfectly and so well. And it just shows a range of characters. And nothing is tokenistic because it isn't a big deal. It's just really reflective of what life is. And I just think I've never seen a Christmassy, it's not even a movie, a Christmassy series done in this way that's really uplifting and moving, but not super cheesy or overdone. So There's eight episodes altogether and you can watch it on Netflix. It is so good. I'm obsessed. And PSA, I will be trying to recommend one Christmassy thing each week until the end of the year because that's who I am. I'm leaning into the festive season after this shit show of a year. Look, while this series does sound adorable, it's too early, as you know, for Christmas movies no, and TV shows. But never. I'll let this one go. And you are really painting yourself into a corner by committing only to recommend Christmas movies and TV shows going I forward. So challenge. good luck with that. I'm accepting the challenge that I'm setting for myself. But I also will backflip if I need to. I know. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Spill. We hope you had a fantastic week listening along, especially to that bloody Rob Mills interview. I still can't believe how cute he is. Laura Brodnick is blushing right now underneath her blanket in Queensland. Uh, we love you guys and we love to hear from you. So why don't you shoot us an email? You can email us at thespill at mamamia.com.au. If you've discovered a recent Christmassy movie and you want to help a gal out, you can email us that. That'd be a big help for me. This episode of The Spill is produced by Mel Zauer. We will see you on Mamma Mia. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. 